Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From the Webby Awards, I'm... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. David Michelle Davies. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the Webby Podcast. Proof that we really existed. Don't fear tackling real shit. You ain't seen nothing yet. Universal access to all knowledge. Hey, welcome back. The internet, for all its power and size, is ephemeral. Web pages change and disappear all the time. But the Internet Archive is all about preserving a record of every page in order to create, as Brewster Kale puts it, the second library of Alexandria. And that library has grown a lot. When Internet Archive began its work in 1997, it took up to two terabytes of storage. Today, they collect over 20 terabytes of data in a single day. For today's show, I sat down with Webby Lifetime Achievement winners Brewster Kale, Alexis Rossi, and Tracy Jackwith of the Internet Archive. We had a fascinating conversation about the importance of creating a record of our online world, what goes into that, and why it's especially important right now. Well, the Internet Archive is is part of the vision of the Internet to have it become the Library of Alexandria version 2. Could you make all the published works of humankind available to anybody curious enough to want to have access? So all the books, all video music, lectures, web pages, software. Could you do that? And technologically, absolutely you could. But uh, it wasn't getting done. It wasn't getting done. So this is 96, 20 years ago, we started the Internet Archive and been trying to fill in some of the pieces that weren't being done. Preserving the web, to me, it still seems like an impossible task because 
these websites are changing all the time. Every single piece of technology and hardware that we use to interact with them are constantly changing. And I mean, you know, I went to a website four months ago that I'd been to and it like broke and wasn't there anymore. So how do you preserve it or how have you or how have those challenges changed? Well, we started by um, by saying, gosh, wouldn't it and be important to keep the stuff alive. And the average life of a web page is, how, how long is it, Alexis? I believe the last time we looked, it was about 100 days. Before it's either changed or deleted. Um, so web pages come and go. It's the most ephemeral of media. And what's weird is they're called pages, which is sort of supposed to make you feel like it's going to last a long time, but it just doesn't. So we started 20 years ago by taking a snapshot of the World Wide Web every two months. Every web page on every website, snapshot, snapshot, snapshot. So it's, you're copying. You're copying the code, basically taking a, a, cop, uh, a copy of every image and right. PDF and uh, every HTML page to try to make it so you could preserve the web and make it happen again. Could you basically replay the web? Could you make it so you could dial time back? Like, um, could you make a wayback machine like in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show? You dial time back and walk back in time. And it turns out you can actually do this. The web was never designed for being replayed, uh, but you could do this. Uh, Tracy, you did some of the first tech on that. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think we could almost say we might have invented crawling. I mean, we all talk about crawling now and saving, but there was no real concept in 96, right? It was just pull down a file, stuff it on a tape, put it in a robot, and maybe we'll do something with it later. You know, that was that was kind of how we started. Um, then in the year 2001, figured out how to make it in, all into a database and be able to go and replay the web so that you can go to archive.org and type in a URL and see past versions of it, like what did Yahoo look like or Google or your old homepage, and hopefully we've got it. And it turns out that bots weren't good enough to just do this work, um, and the web was getting so big. So there are now a 1,000 librarians that are building subject-based collections to make sure that everything that they care about for their users is also now preserved. So the Wayback Machine went from you got to be crazy to, yeah, of course you got to do this. And it's used by I don't know, 600,000 people a day, that kind of number. And, and most people actually have never heard of the Wayback Machine or the Internet Archive. But I can almost guarantee you that almost every web user has used it. Right. Because uh, it's about the 300th most popular website. But we don't have branding that appears everywhere. There's four or five million IP addresses that come and use our servers every day. So that it, it's kind of... We're just trying to reinforce this openness to the web. The web is this kind of experiment in sharing. This sort of what happens if everything goes open? And it's kind of great, um, except there are some institutions missing. So we thought we'd try to fill some of those in. So, and so Tracy, so you're saying you, you started crawling it, so to speak, or copying it. And then for a number of years, that was before people really could access the, the copy. Yeah, and I mean, Brewster, you know, when he hired me, I don't know if you've heard this story, but um, I remember he was like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to basically be pulling down copies of websites and putting them on robots. And I was like, okay, what are we doing with them? We're not really sure yet. Or we're, you know, what do you mean sure. putting them on, in, on robots? There's like this little tape robot that would uh-huh. – it's like a Coke machine. And it would like move an arm and pull a, a, a tape up, 
you know, put it in the right place and you could record data onto it. Uh. So if you wanted to read it back later, you had to like program the right place, have it move, grab that tape, put it in, read it. So that was that was basically way back, you know, version one. It was very, very slow. Right. But I remember I was telling my friends, I was like, you know, you want to pay me to do this? You know, because I was two years out of college. So I was like, did you program robots before? Um, a little bit. I, I had a robotics and machine vision thing. So I wasn't like so much programming the robot, but like programming on top of using the robot. Right. And we had a robot uh, engineer there who's um, Bob Kames, who is primarily focused on moving the arms and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty neat. Because you got to remember, the, uh, the, this is a time when you'd have a nine gigabyte hard drive and that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you actually wanted to go and store a terabyte, I mean, holy crow, how are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so we bought this, yeah, this Coke machine style thing to go and, and record it. And then, yeah, how do we go and Do you remember and, and how replay? big the first like copy of the web was? Absolutely we do. Because um, we're coming up to uh, a big event called our 20th Century Time Machine. We're, um, and so we've been doing all these things about what was the 20th century and are they available to people now? And it turns out the answer is no, mostly. But we do have the web. Um, the, when we first, our first full collection of the web was two terabytes. Wow. And we made it into a sculpture. Uh, Alan Rath made it into a sculpture. It was, it's, it's as tall as I am. And it is, it's called two, 2 Terabytes and 63 Inches, the World Wide Web, 1997. And we ba- built this because we wanted to donate it to the Library of Congress. And how do you donate the web to the Library of Congress? We said, well, you ask an artist. And so he basically made an embodiment of what the web looked like, which uh-huh. I think is kind of cool. Did you end up donating it? Yeah. Oh, so, but you couldn't necessarily – I mean, I guess if they had taken the 2 terabyte hard drive out of the, the sculpture, they could have it was actually a, it was a set of tapes. Um, it's uh-huh. this whole stack of, of, of data tapes. It's, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, and it has these monitors that flash uh, web pages from 1997, and touch screens. And, it, it, you know, it all looks very primitive today, but it looks like 1997. Yeah, I mean, that's two terabytes is essentially if you, like, max out two MacBook Pros. Yeah. Of hard drive space, mm-hmm. about, I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, look, Alexis, how, how many Slightly terabytes are we collecting yeah. now per day? Oh, gosh. We're well over 20 terabytes a day. Every a day. day. Wow. Every day. So 10 times the original copy a yeah. day. And if you take all the books in the Library of Congress, they're about 20 million. A book is about a megabyte if you put it in Microsoft Word. Uh-huh. So 20 million megabytes is 20 terabytes. So uh, all of the words in the Library of Congress is every about day. as much as what we collect every day from books, music, video, web pages, TV. So, you, Alexis, you said you were a librarian. How did you mm-hmm. get started at the Internet Archive? Um, I actually wasn't a librarian when I started at the Archive. Okay. Um, I started in the Internet industry in 96 um, and at, the, uh, um, at Alexa, which was started at the same time as the Internet Archive in 2000. And that was actually about a year before we launched the Wayback Machine. And uh, we actually launched it with people from Alexa. That was the original version of the Wayback Machine was built at Alexa. And um, that was an incredible ride. So I was doing my Alexa work. Um, but also, uh, we occasionally had these projects come up that were Internet Archive focused. Huh. And... Um, I didn't know that yeah. story. So were you using the popularity on Alexa to determine what would get – was that sort of an underpinning of – Yeah, that would help, well, that's how we knew whether we were getting the right stuff. Is uh. Like of, of, the, of the pages that people went to on the web, 
how many did we actually have already? So we would judge ourselves by by this. In terms, um, there was a do we do we have it server that had to answer this question thousands of times per second, mm -hmm. which was uh, not actually all that easy to do. Um, but the idea is to try to make it so that you could, uh, if the if something goes 404, document not found, that you could find it again. And so that uh, sort of kicked off this whole Wayback Machine idea. Yeah, and for people who are maybe younger than I am, uh, they might not realize that sort of back then, Alexa was really the kind of the only way to know what was actually popular on the web other than like what you and your friends talked about, right? That was, that was sort of the Yeah, Alexa Internet the yeah. Is, is not the Alexa from Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, it, it, Alexa Internet uh, had a little toolbar that sort of um, – worked with people where they went and so you could recommend things. So other people that went to this web page, where else should they go? And that sort of collaborative filtering that Amazon made popular of sort of people who bought this, bought that, we did that web scale. And Amazon bought that company in 1999. But uh, there was written into the soul of Alexa was a contract to donate everything that it collected to this nonprofit called the Internet Archive. And Jeff Bezos, to his credit, um, when we went through this, the, you know, he said, why don't we buy you guys? Like, ah. I said, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. I said, well, there's something you should know. Um, there's this contract <laughs> to donate everything that it collects. And he said, hmm, yeah, okay. I'm all right with that. And every day uh, since 1996, every day there's been do data donated from elect by Alexa Internet to the Internet Archive um, since 1999 when it was uh, acquired. That's amazing. Yeah, so Amazon's true to their word. So tell me, excuse me, tell me, a lot of people know, of course, about the Wayback Machine, but the Internet Archive is broader than just the Wayback Machine, right? Tell me about what else. Tracy, you're doing a lot of the technical work around the actual archiving. Tell me about what else you, you are archiving or what else the, the archive consists of. Yeah, my main focus these days is uh, television. So we're recording between 50 to 100 channels around the world 24-7. And we're putting them up in full broadcast quality, which is in sort of standard def DVD or high def Blu-ray format. So, and how do you actually? How does one record all those television stations all over the world? There's uh, different ways to do it. So we have um, we've got some tuners that come in from like a coax feed. We've got a satellite, like a three meter satellite. 